Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Standing in honor of the word of the Lord. If you're physically able, I'm going to read one verse, then I'll let you be seated. John 4, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, and verse 14. So good to see everybody here this afternoon in the house of the Lord. Amen. We're so grateful, especially for our guests. Give our guests a round of applause. Thank you for coming to be with us. And help us praise the Lord. John 4, verse 14. John 4, verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I want to talk to you today for a few minutes about a non-zero God. How many believe we serve a non-zero God, the non-zero God? The Lord will bless his word. God bless you as you are seated. You uh, would have to be perhaps deaf, dumb, and blind to not be aware today that this world is in trouble. And the trouble that the world is in is directly and indirectly caused by sin. A good definition of sin is simply disobedience to God. Uh, To further compound that problem, all the problems that the world has, is that man thinks that he can solve the problems by himself. At least that's the appearance of the way people in the world seem to think. They act like they can solve the problems. They're certainly doing everything they can. Uh, This country, the USA, uh, even itself took God out of the schools, at least banning outlawing in the halls of Congress, outlawing prayer and Bible reading in the schools, public schools, decades ago. Uh, and And the world, including our country, has continued to go in that direction, away from asking God and depending on God to help us and towards helping ourselves. And one of the main questions, problems, if you will, that the world is dealing with right now, and some, even many, would say is the most important question facing mankind today, it has to do with the earth's carrying capacity, carrying capacity. This is just the concept that really has to do with many things, but let's just say for my purposes today, it relates to uh, the population of the world, population ecology. And what I'm referring to is the question of how many people can this world sustain? How many persons, how many people can this world carry? Can it feed, clothe, uh, house, provide the things that are necessary for life? Uh, Just what is the breaking point for this planet? Is there a breaking point? Uh, And that is the great question that many experts and scientists uh, 
and leaders, others who are concerned about it, they wrestle with the caring capacity. How much can we take? Now, most people, most politicians and philosophers and scientists, most people in general, in common, everyday life, believe that the earth can only sustain just so many people. And, and what you may not realize, and, and this is just an opinion on my part, so you can take and do with it what you want to, but much of what you see happening and hearing in the world today uh, in politics and, and the move toward globalism that is definitely moving full steam ahead in this world, all of that is based upon the idea that the world can only carry, uh, it can only sustain, it can only uh, manage a certain limited degree of capacity. And if that's true, if that's really true, if you lowered the standard of living, uh, the standard of living, then uh, theoretically you could sustain more people. More people could live on planet Earth. And since if that theory is true, then the Earth does have a breaking point, uh, what if everybody around the world lived at the standard of living that we have in the prosperous United States of America? You do know right now that we are still the most prosperous nation on the planet. In fact, most other Countries don't even, uh, well, they pale by comparison economically. We have cars and roads and food galore. Uh, we have huge houses and swimming pools. I'm not talking about all of us here, but in general, the population, it's out there in this country. Plenty of food and air conditioning, and we just live a, a lifestyle that most of the world will never have. And if you... Uh, travel to other countries, you'll see that what I'm saying is true. We live in a fabulously rich country. It has been said, documented scientifically by whatever ways they document such things, that even the poor people in this country have a much higher standard of living than most people around the world, except for some of the more developed countries, maybe in Europe. But uh, I don't believe it'll always be that way, that this country is rich as it is and has the standard of living it has, but that's for another sermon another day. We are living under philosophy in this country, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you've seen it or not, in politics, in public life. The elites of this country believe that we could bankrupt the world, that is America, uh, that it's possible we could run out of space, run out of food, run out of uh, water, run out of oil, run out of everything. And it seems logical, perhaps, that that could be true. I I'm not even going to argue that point today. But these, these people believe that we've got to stop. The, the answer is to stop or at least slow population growth. I mean, you've heard about these things. You've heard what I'm talking about. Uh, another thing that they feel that they have to do is to make sure that we don't have one nation, specifically us, America, and maybe some parts of Europe, that don't live too high because they believe that it would be impossible for all 7 billion or however many people or who knows 
by now how many are on the earth that for that many people to live the kind of life that Americans live now is impossible. The world simply, they believe, cannot sustain that. And, and so there have been discussions about this in the United Nations, on the International Forum, uh, various conferences around the world where the prosperity of America has been discussed. And whether it's out of jealousy or a true belief in what I'm talking about, that the world can't sustain it, uh, these people are saying, how can you justify to America your lavish lifestyle where you have uh, not just one car but two or maybe three and you have not just one house but, but more? And they say it's not fair for our country to eat up all of the natural resources and so on that we should share so that everybody in the world would have the highest possible standard of living. Uh, now, I'm not debating or arguing about the validity of that uh, philosophy. But what I am trying to point out to you that is because of that philosophy being held by so many people in the world and in this country, uh, the federal government, at least, and our states, too, are trying to pass laws in this country so that the federal government can come into your house, look at your air conditioner and your heating system and what kind of light bulbs you're using and making sure that all of that is a, a, at a certain level of efficiency. Uh, I heard recently that they're trying to outlaw uh, natural gas furnaces in the country. Uh, that, that's for a different day, a different debate. But because man has... This mentality that says we've got to adjust all of this because it's just unsustainable. We're going to run out of stuff. We're going to run out of this. We're going to run out of that sooner or later. And that's the argument that's going on right now. And for me personally, I do care. Uh, and yet there's another part of me that says, you know what, I don't really care because this reason. I believe the Lord is coming back real soon. Amen. Forgive me for that philosophy if that offends you, but is there anybody else in this building that believes the Lord's coming back soon? Amen. Um, now, I'm going to introduce to you today a, a, a concept I entitled this message, A Non-Zero God. Now, my wife says she wants a cracker. I, just so you'll know, I wanted this to be cake. But I thought it would be real inconvenient and messy if I used cake. So these are really crackers. Uh, just pretend it's cake, okay? Let's say I give you one, sister, and I give... You won. Now, I started out with, don't eat it. You'll mess up my sermon if you eat it. So, um, let's say uh, that I start out with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight pieces of cake. And uh, so, I, I, I cut my cake into eight pieces. You know what? I'm feeling generous today. Sister Jasmine, it's so good to have you. Would you like a piece of cake? Okay. 
So I give you one. And uh, you want one? Okay, I'll give you one. Okay, wait a minute. I've given away one, two, three, four, five. Have I given away more than that? Four. I do have four, but I've given away one, two, three, four. Did I give you one? Okay, I've given away four. I've got four left. Some of you can count better than the pastor. I just realized something. Each time I give away one, I have one less. Okay, you, those of you that... Uh, have, are familiar somewhat with the gaming world. Games uh, play a big role in a lot of things in this country. How many of you have ever played video games? Okay, those of you that were ashamed to raise your hand, I understand. Uh, but did you know that gaming technology has advanced to the point where they use video games and other type of games to train military uh, drone operators and, and in business and other ways in, uh, in medicine. G gaming is used. I'm going to be nice and give away one more. Who should I give it to? But now I've given away four. If I give you one, that'll be five. And I've only got three left for me. There are two types of games. I'm going to be nice and give you one. Okay, I've given away six. She's going to eat hers. There are two types of games in the gaming world. One is called a zero-sum game. Uh, and, and it's important to understand this. A zero-sum game, that is, it has a zero in it. Uh, then the other type is non-zero games. In other words, there's no zero to deal with. So uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking now, I've got two pieces left, I'm thinking now, if I give away another piece of my cake, how many will I have left for me to eat? And if I give that one away, how many will I have left? Zero. So me and my cake, that's a zero game, a zero-sum game, right? Uh, when we run out of cake, when I run out of cake, in this instance, there's not going to be any more, right? So it's a zero uh, situation. But what about the other kind of game, the non-zero game? How is that different? Suppose I could show you in the Bible and, and get you to realize that when God begins to deal with you, he doesn't have just so much. God doesn't have a limited supply, but he has an unlimited supply. So whosoever, the Bible says, as many people as want to can come and drink from his water uh, fountain of living water and drink and drink, and they can get all they need. And furthermore, after they're drinking and getting all that they need, anybody and everybody else that wants some of what God has got can come to him, and they can get all that they want. 
There's no limit to God's power. Let me tell you something. I don't believe that God spoke into nothing and created the universe. Now listen to me. I believe that God spoke his word and he spoke from out of himself and the entire universe came into existence. So God spoke existence into all things and he's the creator of all things. He made it all. Let me ask you something. If God created back then, can God still create? Can the creator still do that? Can he still create well of course he can so there's no limit to God's supply we don't run out of grace we're not going to run out of God's mercy we will never run out of joy that's unspeakable and full of glory or peace or love because the God that you and I serve today thank God will never get to zero he never will run out he's a non-zero God Praise God. And what I would like to suggest to you today is that what we have to do is to understand that perhaps we could build a future world where there's no zero. I don't know if that's possible, but maybe. Maybe somebody somewhere could get smart enough and wise enough to regenerate the world's resources to where everybody can eat cake and it would just keep on coming. Uh, we could have prosperity and it would just keep growing and, and increasing. And uh, I, I know that's idealistic, but let, let's just imagine for a moment that we would never run out of cake. If you knew you would never run out of cake, then you would be more likely to share it with somebody and share it with everybody. Uh, ha have some cake. Here, you have some cake. You folks over here, you have some cake. I believe I can remember a picture in my mind reading about Jesus breaking the bread and passing it out to people that day on the hillside where the multitudes had gathered to hear him speak. And he'd say, here, would you like to have some bread? And here, would you like to have some fish and some bread? And that bread just kept growing in his hand and he kept breaking it and and giving it away to everybody that wanted it because he knew he was not going to run out of bread. Would you like some fish? Ma'am, would you like some of this fish? He knew he wasn't going to run out of fish. Uh, here, you have some. I can make fish all day if I want to because I'm God. He, he said, I, I don't even have to fish for fish. I just break it off and it grows in my hand every time I give it away. And I, I remember a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 where it says, Don't you know that the God that we serve was rich, but for your sakes he became poor? Yet you through his poverty have become rich. Listen, when God stepped into our poverty, he did not run out of his own riches. Tell me something. Do you believe that when God died on that cross and he gave up the ghost, that even though he suffered death, do you think that he ran out of life? Of course not. He told them, they're going to destroy this temple, but in three days I'm going to raise it back up again. In other words, when you're dealing with God, God doesn't say, well, I've only got enough of my spirit to pour out in this church service today until it reaches just this much, and then I'm going to be all out of blessings. Listen, somebody, you don't run out of blessings with God. 
He doesn't say, well, sinner, I'm going to save you. That's all the grace, all the mercy, all the redemption I've got today. Wouldn't that be something? No, my friend. God says you can be saved, and you can be saved. You can be delivered, and you can be saved. Hallelujah. Though millions have come, there's still room for one, and that will always be true. I'm telling you, there's enough power in this place today to redeem every soul. Nobody has to be lost. Nobody has to go away from here with their needs unmet. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to be discouraged because there's enough encouragement in this house for everybody as much as you need it. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, let your faith begin to rise right now in your heart. Let your confidence in God begin to rise right now. Let it go to a greater height, a new level that it's never been to before. Everybody in this place can be prosperous in the Lord. How many believe that? How many believe if you want deliverance, you can have it today? Cast your cares on him, for he careth for you. How much can God carry? What is God's carrying capacity? I'll tell you what it is. He said, whosoever will, let him come from the, uh, to this fountain and drink. It's a fountain that shall never run dry. Why? Because we serve a non-zero God. I, I don't know about you, but I, I believe if God wanted to, he could just keep on creating new worlds. I believe God could heal our nation if they wanted him to. I believe God can deliver people from their sins. I believe there's enough Holy Ghost in this place that if we could somehow just yield completely to him, that everybody in this place could feel God and everybody in this place could be blessed by God. Hallelujah. Everybody could receive what they need from God. It's not just for some, but it's for whosoever will. In a non-zero game, everybody wins. You don't run out of cake. You don't run out of grace. You don't run out of mercy. You don't run out of God's blessings. Praise God. Sometimes we get the attitude that righteousness and holiness is just for a few. It's not for a few. Everybody can live in this joy that God has to give. Everybody can have peace. Everybody can dance. Everybody is able to go home from here with new hope today, with new encouragement in your heart because my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. He is a non-zero God, if you can understand it in that sense. In other words, you know, we can get bogged down sometimes and we can get selfish and we can get greedy. You show up at my grandkids' house with just one piece of cake and you ask for one, well, good luck with that. If they realize that if they give you one, there's none left for them. But, you know, that's just being human. Paul said, look, don't you know that Jesus stepped out of the portals of his riches in glory and, and came to step into your situation? Don't you know that he died for you 
But his death did not mean that he lost touch with his life. Don't you know today that he took on poverty for you, but that poverty that he took on didn't mean that he was now separated from his riches. Don't you know that when you come to church, uh, I'm going to get down to where the rubber meets the road right now, but I'm the pastor, so I'm the one that's got to say these things. Don't you know that... that, that uh, when you say, I've just got so much time, and so I can't come to church at 1 o'clock and at 2 o'clock too because I don't have time, don't you know that's a fallacy? Well, there wasn't a whole lot of amens on that one. Starting to get quiet in here now. You think, I know what happens. The devil puts a thought in your mind, and you buy into it. You think, well, I've only got so much time in my week. Or on my Sunday. Listen, the Sabbath still exists. It was one of the Ten Commandments. But we don't, we don't designate a, a, a day physically to be the Lord's. But it has to be that way if it's going to be that way spiritually. We, we've had people complain about the, the, the church schedule and, and, and so forth. And it ought to be at this time of the day instead of that time of the day. Guess what, honey? We can't please you and everybody else. I'm just going to insert this parenthetically. The reason why we continue to have church in the afternoon is because we've got people who are willing to minister uh, in the worship team and other places that because of their job, they couldn't be here if we had church in the, in the morning. I, I never have understood why people won't even give one day completely to the Lord. I've gone and done other things after church. Sure, we all have. But church and God comes first. Well, that was free. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. The next time the devil tries to trick you into believing you don't have time to do things for the kingdom of God, you kick him in the teeth and tell him that he is a liar. Because you may have more time than you think you do. Because, listen to me, you need to stop measuring your time in hours and start measuring your time in eternity. Because when it comes to eternity and you start thinking about eternity, you've got time to go to church. When it comes to eternity, doing this right here, what we're doing today, there is immeasurable amount. When you compare the couple of hours that you spend out of your schedule to come to church, this Sunday service, uh, these services on Sunday are an immeasurable moment in your eternity because the day is going to come and I don't believe it's very long when the trumpet is going to sound and we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and we're going to live with him forever and ever and ever and ever. And I say, yes, you do have come to come to church. If work or something else that you can't help doesn't prevent it, you do have time to come to church on Wednesday night. Don't cave in to that 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 excuse of a lie that you don't have time to come to Friday night prayer once a, a, a month? Oh, God, help us. You do have time to say, God, my life is not my own. It's yours, lock, stock, and barrel. My life belongs to you because you bought and paid for it with your blood, no less. Not only that, but your money is non-zero when you get God involved in it. You never run out of money. 
I know a lot of you here just thought, well, preacher, you don't know of what kind of bills I've got that I can't even pay. Let me just confess to you. I've been out of money in my pocket before. But you know what? I'm never out of money because God owns, the Bible says, the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills. He owns all the gold. He owns all the silver. Every penny in your control isn't yours. It's God's anyway. I'm his child, and if I'm his child and he's my father, I'm not dealing with a limited amount of gold or silver or money or grace or love or anything else. As a matter of fact, he's got all the grace that I need. He's got all the gold that I need. He's got all the money that you need, my friend, all the help that you need. So you shouldn't be afraid to give. You shouldn't be afraid to give to God what belongs to him. You shouldn't be afraid to tithe. You shouldn't be afraid to obey God because he's a non-zero God. And there are no limits with him. We are the body of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we are heirs. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. All things are ours, the Bible says. What a mighty God we serve. And we serve a non-zero God. Listen to me. I know some of you are going to make fun of me right now after you hear what I'm going to say. But I believe God can make whatever he wants to make. He's the one that made it all in the first place. He can sure make more of it if he wants to. Uh, he can make more air. He can make more gold. He can make more worlds, more universes, if that's what he wants to do. I don't believe that the God we serve is limited in any way except by his word that he has chosen to limit himself by. I believe he's got a problem, uh, a solution to every problem, every medical problem, every scientific problem, and he certainly has a solution to every spiritual problem. I'm telling you, God has an answer for your life. He has an answer for your situation. He's got an answer for your family today. He knows how to bring you into a right relationship with him and give you the peace that you crave. Don't live like you don't know who you are today, child of God. If you're a child of God, don't live like the world or think like the world. You're not going to run out of forgiveness with God. God can just keep on giving you victory after victory after victory and grace after grace after grace. He could just keep pouring out what you need. Some of you listen to me. Don't you think it's about time to trust the Lord again? Don't you think it's about time to look at God, your creator, and say, God, I'm going to go back to trusting in you no matter what because you're a non-zero God. You're a limitless God. All I'm saying today is, is, is you cannot begin to fathom the greatness of God. It is impossible for our little finite minds, as wonderful a complex and intricate creation that they may be, it's impossible that man can even begin to understand the slightest little sliver of God's greatness and God's power and God's riches and God's ability and God's understanding. And the list goes on and on, his wisdom, his knowledge his ability, 
And he's got more than enough of whatever it is you need in your life today to meet every situation in your life. Jesus, he said to his disciples not long after that day on the hillside when he forever, without a shadow of a doubt, proved that he was God and feeding 5,000 men plus women and children with a little boy's lunch of five loaves and two fish. He proved that day that he was God. And he said to his disciples, how many did you feed? Did everybody eat? Did they get full? How many? Thousands? How many? 20,000 or more? The experts figured it was that much, 5,000 men plus a woman and average two children. I think that comes to about 20,000 or more. And he said, how much did you have left over? Wow. When was the last time you thought about that? Started out with five loaves and two fishes, and they had what? Twelve basketfuls left over. And he said, what's wrong with you dingbats? Did he say that? Well, maybe not. I, I, I've, read, I've read the story, and that seems like that's what he almost said. He was pretty upset with their lack of faith when the storm came just a few days later. He said, how is it we're just three days or so away from that great miracle? You watching me do that, and you've already forgotten that I took the bread and I took the fish and I multiplied it in my hand from being just a little boy's single lunch to becoming what fed thousands. That's the God I'm trying to get you to trust today. Amen. And no, you do not have an unsolvable problem. If you think that, you are believing a lie from the pit of hell. No, you are not outside the reach and the purview of God and his ability. And yes, God can move in your family. He can give you a job. He can make a way for you. He can bless your life and send revival to your family and to this city because with God we never get to zero. God is always able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. We never run out of cake. It's always going to be coming more in an endless supply. Would you stand with me this afternoon? But now listen to me. You have to understand something. God does not, many times, He does not operate the same way that we do. He does not operate in the same paradigms that you and I operate out of. He doesn't solve problems the way we would or the way that we ask Him to. So He's probably not going to solve your problem the way you're looking for Him to. So just do this. Just walk with Him. Just walk with God. Walk with Him. And, 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 and say, God, I, I'm going to trust in you. And I'm going to believe in you. 
and let you do the rest. Let you do the rest. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, I ask you to do that so that you will not be distracted at this most important juncture of this service because what you do right now, what you decide to do right now is the most important decision you'll make today, perhaps this week, perhaps for a much longer time. You've heard God speak to you. Now it's up to you to respond to him. Here's what I want you to do. If there's anybody here today with something in your life that you can't fix, that you think things need to change and you can't change them, if there's anything like that in your life today, I want you to know the very best thing for you to do about it is to turn it completely over to this non-zero God that we serve. And if you think you want to do that, I can tell you it's what you need to do. Now, I know because of past experience, some of you aren't going to do that. Some of you are not going to do what you really need to do today. But those of you that are smart enough spiritually and you've got enough wisdom to make this choice, this decision the way you should, if you're in that group, then you're going to have a conversation with the Lord before you walk out the door of this building. And no matter what else is calling you and pulling at you to go do it right now, you're going to say no to that and give a few minutes to a conversation with God and say, God, I want to do what pastor's talking about. I want to completely surrender my life and everything in it and every choice that I make to you. If that's you, then this altar is open for you to come and have that conversation with Jesus right now. While they sing, would you come? Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you and have a blessed day.